You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Once again to the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast, this is Barnsley, and back for our final podcast of the regular Supercoach season for 2020. It's rolled along very fast. Grand final week's not feeling very grand finally with all the teams that have been rolled out this week. Absolute TLT carnage. But for the final podcast of the 2020 season for NRL Supercoach, we've got Billy on board. Billy, last one, mate. It's the last week of the season. Got the grand finals all rolling in this week. How are you feeling about it? Uh, finishing off a dream run with a nightmare, I suppose. Probably the best way to put it, mate. Yeah. Are you in um, many head-to-head grand finals? Yeah. Um, four out of five. I lost one of them last week. But um, um, without saying like a bit of a toss-off, I wasn't really paying attention to any of them, mate. They're not cashews, and it was just more of an overall year. But, um, yeah, nice to see some form again. Yeah, I've got two cash leagues that I'm in grand finals for, and uh, one of them's a $200 buy-in, one of 20 runners. So I am not ext- I'm, I'm happy about being in it, but I'm not ecstatic about the type of week that it is. It's it's really quite a letdown week because of the the TLT carnage that's happened, and it means that there's a lot of you know grand finals that are just going to be duds because we're talking about. You know, the AE Nightmare guys that got left in teams actually being really important this week, and I, it just it doesn't feel like it's going to be decided fairly. I've seen some grand final matchups where one team's got, you know, the 17 or 18 players and the other team's got, like, 12. So it's just it's just looking a bit shocking for a final week, isn't it? Yeah, so we've got, it's not so much just the uh, AE you've got to worry about. It's having to play people like, you know... Um, um, Luciano and sort of the hammer and the AE is, you know, a, a bench, a bench center three quarter from the Dragons scoring six. So it just makes it sort of 300% worse, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think that the other thing with it too is that, like, I've got zero trades left. So I, I can't do anything about my squad. Uh, thankfully, I've got 17 by copying an AE out of my center wing that'll be to Noel Brown. But uh, I've at least got 17. But even if I had trades, I think the other thing with this week that's a little bit disappointing is because they haven't been rested like once you go through the first few games there isn't really a lot of great buys you know like aside from having a pun on some of these cheap rookies it's not like you can just do the old old trader gun that he's got and, and get a pod gun in sort of thing a lot of the guns are out mate so you know, the, the trade market doesn't even look that exciting yeah, I know what you mean. And, um, even if you did want to go the uh, the uh, pod gun route and get someone, you know, like Papinches, you you got a um, you got a gun like that in a team without forwards, so could go go right against you as well. But on the bright side, um, we can stop whinging about um, what do you call it? Bellamy not not showing his hand. At least he's dealt us some of the side forwards, <laughs> even though he's on crap. Oh, well, we don't know about that. Maybe you'll change it all before kickoff still. It's just, it's a little bit deflating, but it's not all about head to heads. There is obviously the overall race as well. So, I mean, uh, I've sort of stopped looking at my overall the last sort of, well, at least the last month when I'm more focused on the head to head stuff. But are you still trying to push forward on your overall yeah. as well? I've got an eye on that. Push forward on my own what? On your overall. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the only reason. Um, I, I made a couple of trades last week to try and do that. Um, so it didn't, didn't really sort of work out. But, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to do, mate. I'm not going to go too crazy. just trying to um, get as far up the ladder as I can and try and get in the top 1,000. Just finish off there. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I'd be happy with that as well. Um, I don't think that the, with the squad that I've got this week, I don't think that's going to be happening. But, you know, we digress. Let's have a look at TLT. And for this final podcast, it's just going to be a complete TLT dedication where we're just going to go through everything. Uh, we're going to go through mainly having a look at some, some pod options each each game because there isn't, again, like we said last week, there isn't a lot to take away from the actual uh, trademark with the top 10 trade for the trade in. Uh, and there's also not a lot of options, like we said, so you, there's not as many guns that are going to be as relevant. You're going to have to look at a few pod options uh, and things later in the week especially. So let's talk about the first game, Billy. Uh, and the first one this round, we've got a decent start. Um, Broncos versus the Cowboys. Now, I say decent in that the Queensland derby is always a bit of a tight one, uh, so it's always kind of good to see. I think there's some amazing one-point differential stats for the, the last 10 matchups or something, but obviously two different teams in prior years with Broncos and Cowboys anchored at near the bottom. The Broncos side, um, there's a few little changes. We've got Corey Oates um, on the interchange bench with Xavier Coates starting, not particularly relevant. The big relevant news, though, is David Fafita is actually going to be out, obviously, with the ankle injury, so that's a huge blow for people who didn't have trades. Katoni Staggs is going to go from centre to 5'8". He looked pretty good there last week. I don't think it'll make a huge difference. And everything else is largely super coach irrelevant. For the Cowboys, we've got Josh McGuire returning, uh, but that's not going to change too much fortunes in the pack. Uh, Jason Tomalolo is starting, though, so that is quite a big change. So uh, let's start off with this Broncos team, Billy. Um, I, I've said for a little while that I'm not really too interested in any Broncos players. But if you're going to be interested in a Broncos player, it's probably just going to be for the one-week cameo to close off the season. I guess Staggs is the number one guy when you have a look at the side that they're fielding. Um, he's, he's not been great, and we've spoken about his stats and stuff in the last couple of weeks. But he did look pretty good at 5'8 last week, I thought. And there's going to be a lot of teams looking for centre wing with a lot of centre wings rested. He had 55 points last week um, playing 5'8 at Bank West against the Eels in a loss. At home against the Cowboys, uh, 500k odd. Uh, he might be a little bit of an option for teams that are really searching to get a centre wing in. Um, yeah, you've, you've got to take into account the fact that I need to get off the bottom of that ladder. So if you're looking for a pod, I doubt he's a VC option, especially that early in the weekend. You're probably showing your hand too early. He's probably just a, um, uh, an, an attacking option at centre three-quarter. Um, I'm not sure I'd be buying him unless it's a desperation-type move, um, given his price and he's sort of out of position. But it, it is the Cowboys he is kicking goals. It's probably more like a um, like a Jack White kicking goals, I suppose, against the bottom-ranked team. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the things that, that's in the in favour of buying stags if, you, if you're down in centres is uh, a lot of teams are down in centres and need one. And because a lot of centres have been rested, and centre as a, as a position in 2020 isn't good. There isn't really a lot of options because, like, normally week to week, I guess there's not many options. And this week, there's even less. Like, I had, like, a six centre wing, Jared Croker, sitting there for depth that I can't even play. Stephen Crichton's rested, you know. I don't, I don't think there's many, many centre wing stocks um, to, to look at options. So 
I don't mind him this week. I haven't really liked him for the season, but I don't really mind getting Katoni Stags in this week. I think he can make some things happen from 5-8. Yeah. Put, put it this way. Um, if we said that, you could have said the same thing about Kurt Mann at the beginning of the year and laughed and said, oh, <laughs> Kurt Mann, 5-8, rubbish. But Stags, Stags is a better player. He's kicking goals. I mean, what happens if he does exactly the same thing? All of a sudden, you're laughing at the same people that are now laughing at you from yeah. earlier in the year, mate. So, so certainly, a, certainly, a, it's only one round too. You got to remember, averages go completely out the window. They don't mean they don't mean anything at all. It's it's a one game score. That's it. Yep, exactly right. Uh, the, there is some other bigger news that I failed to mention. That's Payne Haas is back. All I'm going to say about that, Billy, is that. Uh, I need to give Wacko a call because uh, Wacko's whispers, mate, said he's unlikely to play again. I traded him out last week, and now I bloody wish I didn't because I could really use the Payne Haas number in my side. If people traded him out, you've got a trade left to use this week. He's probably the number one forward. You just swallow your pride, and you just get him back if you can, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I would, mate. He, he also hasn't scored a try yet season as well, so I reckon he'll be out and forced to try and have one as well. Um, I would actually be back at him for his first sort of decent time this, this week, uh, of the year this week. Yeah, he threw up 74 points against the Cowboys, but it was round one, so you can maybe discount that a little bit. Um, he's, his scores all year have been great, though, but even his three-round average of 87 and his five-round of 82 in a round where you can definitely say that you've only got 16 or 17 plays, so you definitely say you've got a free stab at the VC loop. You know, I I might even go for a, a VC at, at the 100 mark or even like a 95 to 97 mark just to guarantee me that bigger captaincy score. So uh, in this type of round, the, the VC option might be to go for, for Haas if you've got him in your side. Uh, only if you got that bare 17. If you go to risk of someone like an 18th man coming in and um, playing sort of five minutes off the bench, I wouldn't bother. But uh, if you can guarantee you've only got 17, then you're 100%. And these be a lethal option for at least your, your base to the 75 points and potential attacking. Yeah, and uh, like you said, he hasn't scored. So, I mean, you can get lucky and he goes over and all of a sudden you look at 125 plus. Um, so not a bad option. On the Cowboys side of things... Uh, there isn't normally too much to get excited about by them, but Tom Malolo is starting again. Um, we thought that he was going to play lower minutes last week, and he did. Um, you kind of expect that maybe because it's the last game of the season that uh, his minutes from 39 minutes last round are, are going to shoot back up to probably at least 55 to 60, uh, and he might put in a you know big performance to finish off the season. Only 550k, so I guess... Uh, he's definitely an option for those teams that maybe can't afford a pay in Haas or, or some of the other premium forwards that are around. He he might be a hand grenade to throw in. We do know that the Broncos leak points to the edges. Uh, even though Tom Lolo plays in the middle, he does some edge running. Uh, and the Broncos' middle is notoriously quite soft as well. So local derby, um, maybe maybe Tom Lolo can go over for a try as well. But do you like him this week? Because I've actually warmed to him a lot more than last week now that he's back a week from starting. I was going to say exactly the same as the thing you did, you did just then, mate. Probably comes back to some decent minutes. Um, he's already had a, a, a game off the bench, so it's not not like they're going to sort of warm into sort of 50 minutes. I reckon he gets sort of 60 minutes. He, they're going to want to put the, the ponies to the sword as well. Um, I'm wearing singlet and shorts here at the moment, mate. It's, it's, it'll be a very, very dry track tomorrow. See, there's not an ounce of rain in sight, so... You, it's, it's certainly going to be a, a running game. Forwards aren't going to get bogged down any sort of problem, not anyway. And imagine the satisfaction 
from the Cowboys if they could hand the Broncos a wooden spoon by beating them in the last round and ensuring that they're anchored at the bottom. Surely, surely that they've got that for some motivation to give Big Brother a bit of a, a spanking to put them down the bottom. Oh, mate, I've already done. That's why I was home late tonight. I bought half a dozen sort of wooden spoons and, and I printed out. <laughs> um, I, 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 print, I printed out six twelve month lease agreements and wrapped them around us <laughs> and put them on a few different desks at the office. So. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, tomorrow very much so, all 24 hours of it. Uh, the joys of living in Queensland, right? Oh, mate, they're passionate up here. They hate losing even more. <laughs> so in this Cowboys side, uh, there isn't, hasn't been a lot to, to crow about all year. Um, I mentioned Valentine Holmes as a bit of a hand grenade a few weeks ago just for that week, uh, and he threw up a 93. Playing against the Broncos, uh, I don't mind him again this week, 450k. Uh, if you... I guess if you didn't have Teddy, um, or or if you didn't have Ponga, and your opposition did in a head to head, that might be when you need to sort of zag a little bit and look at a different option. Uh, I probably think that outside of those two, Valentine Holmes is a third option at a fullback spot. So if you wanted to be different, I do see him as relevant. Four hundred fifty k. Only only the one game you got to worry about, mate, and it's against the Broncos where he's going to be goal-kicking, and I think that he's going to want to finish on a high as well. I could see him going 90s to a tonne this week if the Cowboys really put the Broncos to the sword. I said the same thing about 20 weeks ago, and I was really excited that he scored a 90, and I thought I'd keep him for another week. Then he scored 10 and went down, and Ponga went 158, and it cost me my steam, so... I refuse to make the same call <laughs> for fear of ending someone else's head bad final. Um, all I'm going to say is, yeah, he's, he's a definite one-week option, but I don't know which one's going to turn out, mate, the, the 20 or the 120. So do not listen to me on that one. I don't want to kill anyone's $500 head dead. Yeah, I, I think that you have to stick with Ponga or Teddy, and if you don't have them, to get the other one in, particularly because it's the first game. I think that if you, if you had this game as like the second last or third last game, you could kind of hold off and see how the first couple of rounds uh, games went and then kind of make a call on whether you can get a, a ponger in, say, or whether you need to smash out a Holmes pod to try and win a head-to-head. But it's pretty hard-pressed to pick Holmes over the other couple. I think the most relevant thing about him is his 450k. So if you're a team that's only got one trade left or something and you don't have any extra bank um, and you've got a, a guy that can't get you to Teddy or to... Uh, Ponga at fullback, then I think Holmes is the next logical choice to go for. Mate, we've talked about a couple of VC options. Um, Holmes would probably be another one that you could consider the VC on if you did end up getting him. I don't think that anyone's going to be a C option for this one. How do you see it going? North Queensland or or the Broncos trying to get themselves off the bottom of the ladder? Uh, As much as it pains me, I would actually pick the Broncos in, in, in this one here. Um, I'm just going to hope they lose that Haas goes over for a double. Yeah, I'm going to go for the cows in this one. I just I think the Broncos are an absolute spend force. So I, I, I'm i going to go the cows. I don't know whether they're going to put on many points or not, but I'll go. I'll finish off on a bit of a sports bet one, mate. Um, $8.50 felt for the first try. Cowboys to start strong, I reckon. Um, let's go off to... I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the fact that a Queensland team's going to lose, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go off to the next one. So we've got the Titans versus the Knights. Uh, the Titans, we've don't really have many changes. Brian Kelly's returning from injury, so if anyone held him, uh, that's going to help. 
Um, but other than that, there's not really any sort of super coach news for the Knights. Bradman Best is actually back, uh, so that's interesting. We've got Edric Lee uh, with uh, Stafford Toa and Jamat Sebasaki making way. So Kurt Mann's returning from suspension. He's going to start at hooker. Randall's on the bench, so that's good for Mann that he's returning, but pretty bad uh, that Randall's going to be on the bench because you'd assume that Mann's going to get less minutes, so it's going to be a bit of a hard play. Other than that, nothing really too relevant. Let's start off with the Gold Coast Titans. Crimson um, has been purchased pretty heavily. He does have that inconsistency about him, Billy, but in saying that, he came through for owners in absolute spades last week, threw up 100 points against Manly uh, and looked scintillating and certainly made up for the 30 points he put up the week before against the Broncos. Against Newcastle, uh, playing at home up on the Gold Coast, um, it, it, it sort of shapes as a little bit of a harder one. Newcastle tend to grind some games out, but then again, it's hard to pick because there's other games where they just completely open up and get flogged. I kind of think that Newcastle are going to turn up to play and kind of want to win this one, but you know, AJ Brimson, 536k, Munster's out, Sean Johnson's out, there's hardly any other 5.8s. He looks like a, a pretty decent option when, when there's no 5.8s to really choose from for the week. Yeah. Um, I just don't like the fact that he's not kicking goals. That's it. I wouldn't really sort of... That, for that reason, I wouldn't sort of be seeing. Um, I do like sort of... Uh, I do like kind of Brimson, but I was happy with the 100 last week, although the downgrade 10 points it wasn't really the, uh, the greatest present on Monday. Um, he's just that sort of guy that will sort of punch sort of 40 or sort of a, or, or a bigger score. Um, he doesn't, he kind of reminds me of Papen he's, he's not, he's not like a attack or busting sort of attacking player like, um, like Teddy, who will just sort of rack up 12, 12, 12 points in, you know, a, a run, a tackle, bust and, and, and offload in a single run. He'll do, he'll do a lot of, a lot of support play, but what, what, and he'll be on sort of zero for sort of 20 minutes and all of a sudden he explodes with sort of 35 points. So, you just got to hope that he's going to get a couple of those explosive runs to sort of uh, really sort of rocket rocket you up. Because if, if it's going to be a grinding game where he's just doing kick returns, he's going to stay flat-footed on that 40. Yeah, he's managed to average 71 for the year so far, which, you know, now that he's played eight games, is a reasonable sample size, a couple of months of football. So 71's a really good average. He's only had one game... Aside from his return game from injury, which you can discount against the Roosters, that was disappointing, and that was his one that was 32 weeks ago. All the rest has been between 60 and 112, so he does have a reasonable range, but all of that includes a lot of attack. Um, I don't mind him as a 5-8 option purely because there isn't many other ones, and the numbers stack up that he'll probably do decent this week. Um, aside from that, on the Gold Coast Titans, there is a lot to look at. So let's have a bit of a look at the opposition. Now... Obviously, Ponga, we already mentioned. Um, to me, playing the Gold Coast Titans, Billy, I think that if you don't have Ponga, you have to look at trading him in. He's, he threw up 82 points last week after his 158 against the Sharks in round 17. He's also not goal-kicking, though. So that was something that was really disappointing last week. Uh, we all thought that, you know, Lino was going to be out and then um, Ponga would be goal-kicking for sure. Lino was back, but you sort of thought, oh, well, you know, the, the game before when Lino came in, uh, Ponga started off the goal-kicking and then gave it back to him. Maybe he'll, he'll keep kicking. Didn't goal-kick. Didn't really need to, though. He was running the ball really well. Got a line-break try pretty easily and the, the line-break assist try assists for his 82 points. Against the Titans, who have improved immensely, Billy, but uh, the... Uh, most missed tackles and second most ineffective tackles, I'm pretty sure. 
in the competition. Someone like Ponga with the tackle breaks and the try scoring and playmaking ability, he, he looks like an absolute must for me for this week. If you don't have him, I think you should be getting him in your side because he's the VC option of the week for me. I'd be I'd be curious to know what those stats are uh, for the first sort of fifteen games and then to the last five games. I reckon the Titans have improved out of sight, um, not just because they're winning. They just seem to be playing a bit sort of tighter football, playing with pride. Um, I don't actually like Ponga for VC this week. I just prefer him to be kicking. Um, I know he can rack up some big some big points. Uh, like even if he, he's had a couple of decent times, but he would have scored thirty points in kicking those games. I, I would just much rather um, well, someone else. Although I've got to give you another name, don't I? And I can't really think of one. <laughs> I would just I, I would just prefer him kicking. That's all, mate. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's there's a stat that I looked at. And I'm trying to remember a lot of stats here, so I might be off by a point or two. But if you look at it recently, pretty much the last couple of months of the season, the Gold Coast Titans against top eight teams uh, have conceded about 28 points a game, or pretty close to 30 it was. So they're still giving up a lot of points um, and a lot of missed tackles. It does tend to be against the top eight sides, though. Um, the, the bottom eight sides, defensively, they've actually been a lot better. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's... The Knights are a top eight side. Yeah, that's probably a really good point. I I, um, I was looking at some numbers yesterday or the day before, and um, yeah, you're right. Every every single game that they've won is pretty much bottom four, bottom four, bottom five. Top eight, they've done nothing. They've done nothing. Um, Maybe maybe that sort of stifles uh, Brimson's attack a bit. Um, uh, Yeah. Look, if I had to choose between the two, I would be very, obviously be bringing in Pong as opposed to Brimson. Um, if he needed to fill the five-eight position, uh, he's probably the better one of the better ones uh, available. Unless you can do something like uh, move around and get DC in, I'd much, I'd much rather a goal kicker, but not the worst, that's for sure. I just own him, so I don't want him lost to buy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't go past Pong. He's my VC this week for sure, uh, and I. I say that because uh, it's it's hard with the Ponga disappointment every now and then. It's hard for people to realise how how big a season he's had. He's averaged eighty three points a game, which is unbelievable. But he's also got three games where he's absolutely smashed it. So he's got one hundred fifty eight points. It was only in round seventeen. One hundred seventy two points, which is in round thirteen, and one hundred fifty nine points in round uh, four. So he's done some really big scores this year, and that's exactly what you want from your VC, especially grand final week. You want the chance of that 150 plus. So that's why I can't go past him. Yeah, he also has a. He's also had the uh, the change of rules, sort of uh, four games in and didn't kick um, in every single game too. So you could probably argue that he's he's pretty still pretty much priced on 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 his value or even under value for next year. But that's a different story. Yeah, we'll get to that in the preseason for sure. Uh, a very much a pod option for this week. Bradman Best is returning from injury. Now, normally you wouldn't say, you know, I'm going to consider a guy just coming back from injury with a couple of months off, but because it is only one week that you need him for, and again with those centre wing stocks just so terrible this year and especially this week, 450 odd K. Uh, obviously, he's averaged 65 for the year, but playing as a the Titans, where you know, like we said, they do leak some points, particularly against the top eight sides. If they, if Pong is going to get some points going and some try assists and stuff, Bradman Best is a 
a really good option to be getting a try this week against the Gold Coast Titans defense out wide. So I actually think that he's a pretty good pot option that not many people will look at. And in a center wing position, that's pretty crap. 65 average for the year. Um, and really is, he's had three poor scores out of his nine games, but the other six out of nine are all gold with uh, a 95, 123 and 100. So basically a third of his games, he's hit a ton. So I like him against the Titans this week, Billy. Yeah, I'd be curious to know how many of those how many of those um, ga- uh, bigger games were with um, uh, man man either moving forward into nine or, or not being as much of a hog. Um, he he really does thrive when Teddy sort of goes left and feeds him that little short ball close to the line. So um, I'm not. I'm not sure he'd be getting sort of, sort of five bucks any time try score on, on him again, but I'll tell you what, coming back from injury, um, if he's anything over two, over two bucks, he'd be anchoring in, in a few multis, that's for sure. Yeah, I reckon, and he's definitely over two bucks. I've already had a look at it. I think he was $2.60, so I, I like it a lot. Um, aside from that, mate, Newcastle side hasn't had a huge amount of options. I know I'll, we do need to talk about sit and play, a lot of people don't have 17 or only barely have 17, but there is some people out there that have got 19 or 20-odd players and have a, a wealth of guys to choose from for this week. Kurt Mann at number nine. Now, obviously, Randall's on the bench at the moment and Mann's returning from injury. Would you sit or play him for this one? He could go well against the Titans, but maybe he only gets, you know, 60 minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't be playing him. Not, not for anything less than 80 minutes in that zone. You, you look at a gun like... Um, like uh, like Cook or Cam Smith, mate. One of the, one of those guys is playing playing Origin. The other one's ex Origin and kicking goals. They were only playing sixty five minutes. I sure as hell wouldn't be playing them, and they're twice they're twice the hooker, mate. So take that into the equation. Yeah, the, the only reason I would is the fact that you know um he's a, he's available at seven three quarter still, and that's sort of a difficult sort of position to fill. So if you're looking at someone that can just tackle for. 65 minutes um, and sort of take take that and run. Uh, it'd be at least sort of a, a 40 to 45 base at least. So if you want, if you want to bank on that as opposed to playing a, a roughie, um, then that's probably the only reason you would play him. Yep. Uh, I see the uh, the Knights as being sort of 14 to 16 points better than the, than the Gold Coast Titans this week. I, I sort of see them putting it together going into the finals. What do you see it as? Yeah, if I if I was going to say if I was a betting man, <laughs> if I was going to have a bet in this game, <laughs> I'd be uh, I'd be going the ten to the ten to twenty margin on nights. I reckon that's probably a, a decent a decent throw up the stumps. Not too short, not too long, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I quite like that one. Also, like Caelan Ponger at two dollars twenty as an times try score at the moment as well. I'm already on that one myself. Uh, Rabbits versus Roosters is the next one. So we've got. Not really any changes for this Rabbitohs side. Um, aside from Sewer, who's been playing reasonably well, being suspended for last week, um, everything else is pretty much normal. Rooster side of things, though, we've got Friend, Boyd Cordner, Takiyaho and Tedesco all back. But whilst that's fantastic, um, there's three Roosters being rested, and one of them happens to be Joey Manu, which is absolutely brutal because I looked at him as the best centre wing by last week and chatted about him on the pod, talked it up to a lot of people. And, uh, mate, it's it's a little bit bittersweet because Manu last week went really well at fullback, exactly how I thought that he would. 
racked up the tackle breaks, um, got 102 points against the Sharks, got the, got the try assist, line break assist. Like, I think he had 12 tackle breaks in the game. He did everything I thought that he would, and even more, and broke the, broke the 100-point mark. And then this week he gets he gets rested and people can't use him. Yeah, but that was always going to be the case, wasn't it? Like, even if he wasn't rested this week, he was going to go back to right centre and where he scores shit us and you wouldn't want to play him anyway. So... You got what you, you got what you wanted. Yeah, but when we when we got seventeen players to play, or, or when you got sixteen players to play, and you're staring at Manu on your bench, you kind of wanted to play him this week. Yeah, mate, honestly, you're, you're probably better off with a hammer because Manu doesn't score anything at centre three quarter. You're probably probably better off just actually taking a weekend this week and praying they get thirty two points in a single run. Oh, if if I had him and I didn't have the trades to get him in, I, I wouldn't have the luxury, mate. I would I would have my sixteen players and one AE and there's nothing I could do about it. So uh, it's it's good that he played well last week. Um, obviously, he's given away that fullback jersey to James Tedesco, who's now back. I know that this is a, a South Sydney matchup, um, and you know traditionally, being a Roosters supporter, I very much know that these games can be real close, a little bit dire at times, certainly quite physical. But I got to say, I don't really like this South. Pack that they've that they've got running around at the moment very much against the Roosters. I think they're going to get slaughtered, and they've got Latrell out, and that brings a bit of the emotion out of it. And, and Latrell stepping up for this game would have happened for sure, I think. And a lot of people have sort of breezed past the fact that in round three, when the Roosters played the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Tedesco was phenomenal, and he got a line break try in that, along with a heap of tackle breaks, and looked great, and scored 103 points. So he scored a lot of tons this year, so it's hard to single one out. But one of those tons was against Souths, and it was in round three. I don't see this round 20 side being as good as what they were in round three for Souths. So I love Teddy this week. Yeah, that was with the Ovals too. So that was prior to the uh, faster dimension games as well earlier in the season. Um, I... I don't actually like Teddy as much this round. Um, I I just prefer him against the bottom sort of six ranked time ranked side for the massive tons. I, I know he would still sort of perform against um, um, any any team. I think this week the the reason why he would be seen is if he just wanted to gate others because if there's one person that's going to crucify you uh, when, when you when, when your opponent has, has the VC and you don't, it's him. Um, <clears throat> I kind of trying to. I'm going to talk myself into him, him scoring poorly too because I'm scared <laughs> shit that's not adding him now. Um, uh, mate, I, I, I just looked at his matchup last week and kind of thought, you know what, Turbo versus the Titans and then, then the Warriors as opposed to Teddy one game, I'll, I'll go that route. But now that it's sort of head to head, I'd be scared not only him. I don't think he's going to go massive. But, um, uh, mate, let's just yeah, throw, yeah, let's yeah, just throw yeah, it out but, on the table. Let's just, let's just tell the listeners why you don't have Tedesco. And why you're not going to have him this week either? Oh, because I traded to I traded him to Turbo last week. <laughs> it's so brutal. Nine points, and now you can't afford to buy Teddy back. No, I didn't actually have a plan to buy him back. I, I knew I wouldn't be able to afford him, but I, I just kind of figured, you know what? I mean, I mean, I'm ranked about two and a half thousand. I wanted I wanted to get in the top, sort of top five hundred. I reckon I, I needed sort of about three hundred points to do that, and I kind of thought, you know what? There's no point, no point holding Teddy this week and then praying for 180 next week when everyone else is going to have him. So I just kind of thought, you know what, go for broke with Turbo. If anyone can score 100 back-to-back versus the Titans and the Warriors, it's him. 
surely his hamstring's good. Well, at least I was good right about one thing. His hamstring's good. <laughs> That's a brutal trade. Um, I I don't want to rub it into you because I know that the I know the wound's right open and I don't want to get the salt shaker out, but I'm going to do it. Teddy has scored a ton, six out of sixteen games this season. One of those six out of sixteen is against South. Forty percent of the time he throws a ton up. His three round average is 129. His five round average is 103. The game before last, he put up 132 and 176 points back to back. I I think that he's a shoe in for a ton this week. He's he's going ton this week for sure. Love him as a VC. I would oh. definitely throw a C on him. And I know I'm just killing your life, Billy, but I just can't see any way around him. You know, not playing well this week. Oh, probably, mate. The guy's a weapon. Just my own my own personal situation. Um, there was absolutely no point in me keeping, and that's all. Trying to trying to make up ground. I didn't have a choice. That's all. If I was in head to head finals or I was in the top hundred, there's no way I was making that decision last week. It was pure. I got no 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 way of losing anything. So by, by keeping him, by by selling him, I had anything to gain or just lose what I was already losing. So that's the only reason. Yeah, you just had. You see, this is the problem with with saving trades and being greedy, mate, and being one of these guys with trades at the end of the year. You just burn them on dumb shit anyway. Come on, just use them all. I like may have not left. <laughs> you won't do it. Yeah, I'll see. What I can see what I can trade in this week. <laughs> um, obviously, that there's a lot of Teddy owners out there now. If you own Teddy this week, VC or C option, you you're looking at both or? Oh, I don't know. The only advice I could say is don't sell him. <laughs> well, I reckon you're fine with VC or C. won't work out well. <laughs> yeah, either, 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 or, either or. Teddy's a gun. I'm not, I'm not going to say don't do it because you left some idiot sort of post on Monday. Yeah, good call, Bill. Don't be C Teddy. 180 lost my head to heads. Yeah, <laughs> do it at your own peril. Um, Brett Morris was definitely the the flavour of the year in centre wing for the first half of the season. He's only 545k now. Dropped off a little bit, 48, 86, and 30 is the last three scores. Five-round average of 69, three-round average of 55. He's actually given way to the other side. So Daniel Tupo over the last five has very much become the alpha winger out of the two for Supercoach. The last month of football since Tupo's return, he's got 95, 59, 138, and 74. Uh, and he's done that with a raw base in the last month of around about 34 points, um, and with his base-base attack, that's more like 45 points. He scored at least one try every week for four weeks. Two out of those four, he scored a double. 644,000 now. Uh, he's still relatively lowly owned. I see him as a premium center wing purchase for this week, Billy, just because of the run that he's gone on. And again, we spoke about not very many center wings. I don't think he could steer you wrong this week. And if you've got trades left, 100% I'd be going like a, you know, a Stephen Crichton or something to to a uh, Daniel Tupo for this South matchup. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be risking it on like a 2-0 or a Nance or by. But those, those boats score 60 or nothing, and then they score a try and still score 60 or less. So, um, I'm, yeah, much rather the guy that you pointed out sort of last week or the week before. Um I even I even still like uh, Graham this week, um, but n- not against the Roosters to score big, just to sort of go over the line. But um, we're talking about two through, so yeah, mate, you could you, you, you back 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 to pretty much full strength. Um, south 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 surrounders, Teddy's back. Kiri Kiri's uh, playing really well on that left side, so um, yeah, just roll with the punches, mate. Guy scoring, just bring him in. And I think that he's actually on. Um... I think he's got Paulo on him as well. 
um, is obviously first year in, in the NRL, um, so might be getting a bit of a, a lesson out that side. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they target. Alex Johnson's on the other side, but he, he's a bit of a veteran, so it wouldn't surprise me if they target this side with Jackson Paulo on that South Sydney wing. And I, I think... Maybe Reynolds is out there too, just one, one in. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, targeting Reynolds and Paulo on that side, um, I, I can 100% see that happening. Um, and you know, Gagai, for everything that he, that he can do well occasionally, is, is bad defensively as well. So, I really like that Tupo side. Uh, I think the Tupo is about four inches taller than what Paulo is or something like that as well. So, definitely the kicks out that way. Um, and the matchup looks good. So, yeah, I, oh, I love it. Um, but... We've got to look at some other options as well for this Roosters side. Um, it's it, This is a hand grenade option, but it's partly because, you know, Brimson is probably the best 5-8 option at the moment. There's literally nothing there for Munster and Johnson owners. So I think that I have to mention Luke Curie. Um, it's only a one-game wonder for him, so you don't need to worry about the future games. It's just all about the South Sydney matchup. He's 474k, so it's going to be a really easy trade down. Um, but he's playing his old side, South Sydney Rabbitohs, scored 64 against them in round three. I've really liked him the last two weeks, though. When the Roosters have won well, he's gone great. Uh, 140 points in round 18 versus uh, the Knights, and then last week, 65 against the Sharks, uh, and he looked a lot better than that 65 as well. So if you think that the Roosters are going to touch South up a little bit, Billy, um, and you you know already got Brimson or, or you don't want Brimson, um, Luke Keery is a bit of a hand grenade playing his old club that he tends to really hate. <laughs> you, you could probably look at him as a bit of an outside pot option. Yeah, sure. Um, I think we had a bit of a bit of discussion about a month ago how I said he was absolutely, um, what do you call it, non-SC relevant. You could never own him, but that's average-wise throughout the season, in my opinion. For an absolute one-game wonder against a depleted team, this would be the only instance I would actually buy him, and I agree with you. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I I like him for this week. I I actually think that he's better than Brimson for this week. Um, I think that there's he's more chance at putting up a score than what uh, than what Brimson is. I'd be more confident with it. But uh, I mean, there there is some Roosters forwards that are going to be pretty relevant, and one of them was bought heavily last week. Most purchased forward, I think, in Supercoach, and that was Angus Crichton. He was a little bit disappointing last week. Um, only scored sixty three points, uh, and he only played sixty minutes for that. And on the edge, so it wasn't as good as what I hoped. That was my final trade, getting Angus in, thinking that he's going to run at that Sharks edge and score a try. Didn't quite get there. Wasn't a bad score though, Billy. 573k. Once again, we got guys like um, Bateman out and not a huge amount of secondary forward options. Angus is also playing his old club. Um, he scored 69 against them in round three, which was a decent score. Difference here is he's actually in jersey 13 because Corden is back. So I actually think what's going to happen is that he's going to do some work in the middle, which is going to be really good for his base. I think they're going to pay, play corner low minutes, um, potentially even like 30 minutes, really low, and um, and Crichton to go over to that edge. Um, and if that happens, that that combination, I think, of um, the middle work that he'll get along with the, the edge attack um, could be a masterstroke for this final round. Yeah, I just like the factors in the middle. If it was on the edge, wouldn't bother with him at all because you know he's not going to play the uh, the full eighty. But um, even if you get sixty in, in the middle, 
Um, you would you would take any sort of dominant forward, 60 minutes in the middle. The fact that he's a, an agile edge, edge guy who's going to play the middle and possibly move for more minutes, you'd, you'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and even though he was um, heavily purchased last week, he's still only in 5% of teams because everyone punted him when he got injured. So he's still going to be a pot in head-to-heads as well. Is there any chance he's going to get shafted at last minute with a, um, uh, a, a, make, a makeshift team? Like last minute, 17, squad 17 announcement? No, I don't think so, because um, I think the key is that uh, that uh, Liu is actually out, and he's normally the starting 13. So even though Corden has come back, Liu, who's a normal starter at 13, is uh, out. And they've got Lamb on the bench, who I think they're going to want to get some minutes into. Um, and I don't, they're not going to start Butcher or yeah. Williams or Farmasuli. And in the, the, the 18 to 21 jumpers, you've actually got like a winger, a hooker, and another winger in Hall. And, uh, and Fafita is the only forward, so yeah, I, I think he's safe as. It's just a matter of whether he gets, you know, 55, 60 as opposed to 80 this week. Yeah, and quarters based on averages is probably 33% chance for heading up as well, isn't he? Poor bloke. Yeah, well, I hope he gets through it. I think he'll get through it just because I'll probably only play him, you know, 30 or 40 minutes, hopefully, and then he'll be right. But um, I mean, the only other forward to quickly mention in this one is um, Takiyaho has, has had a really good season. 65 on the nose for his average. Um, and aside from his, if you take out his injury affected game of 28 points against the Broncos, where, you know, he only played 28 minutes, he's actually averaged about 80 points across his other three with a 102, 63 and 67. So he's been killing it. He's, he's coming off a rest and he's only 519k. I mentioned that I really don't like this South pack very much, you know, like you've got your, Burgess, Knight, Siren and Cartwright, and then obviously Murray's decent at 13. You know, the, the rest of that pack outside of Murray and Cook, it, it isn't very good at all. Um, so I I really like Takiyahu this week. I'm glad that I held him, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be playing him and loving it. Yeah, um, it'd be even better if he's kicking goals, but uh, as long as he's getting some decent minutes, mate, the, the blokes have always been, always been the super bridge weapon in hiding. The only thing I'm going to mention is uh, how disappointed you think that Mariana's are. He went so close last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, we may as well start talking about South Pack. Um, Murray scored 87 last week, but, you know, I was, I was chatting to one of the guys and he, and he was he felt so dudded. Um, and I was like, look, you can't be dudded. It's the best score he's had all year. <laughs> 87, had like four offloads, looked really active, um, played 71 minutes as well. So I think it was good signs for him. I don't think he's going to repeat it against the Roosters this week, though. Oh, you are, you are under strength, <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It, obviously uh, you'd play him, but uh, you're not going to buy him. Oh, no, you, you wouldn't be buying him at him at all. Um, you've obviously got Tom Alalo back, who you can probably bank 60, 65 points just being on the park. Um, uh, Murray has to go over the line, the worst opposition in the league to sort of try that against. Um if look, if you're one of those poor bastards that actually had a couple a couple second rowers out, uh, like Bateman and someone else, and you and you, and you had to fill, and you, you had enough, you had two trades up your sleeve, you'd probably go somewhere else. And uh, I think, uh, even as a second trade, you'd be hard pressed getting Murray. You'd probably take an A or go go a half elsewhere, mate. I just don't see anyone trading him in. Yeah, and look, there's, you know, Walker and Campbell Graham are obviously very relevant in the south side and have been going great guns. Campbell Graham in particular was a great buy when we spoke about him as a port um, five weeks ago. He's got a five-round average of 86, scored uh, another try on the weekend to put him at six consecutive games 
with a try and three out of those six is a double. But as much as I love Walker and Campbell Graham this last couple of months of football as buyers, um, I've, I think that the Roosters are going to be raring to go. I know we get hassled for saying that often, but <laughs> going into the finals, they've won five in a row. They've got their spine there intact. I really don't see Souths troubling them much at all. I, I, I wouldn't be buying any of these guys, Billy, put it that way. I would be buying them, but I'll be backing them. Um, the the fact that they're playing the Roosters, um, I reckon you'll probably still get a decent price about Graham again. He was $2 anytime last week for any time try, which was insane. So I think we talked about that and we snapped that one up real quick. Yep. Um, I got, I'm hoping... He, I didn't realise you were switched to the right-hand right side, so that was a bit of a concern, but he was still pretty pretty involved. So... If you're getting anywhere, anywhere two dot two dollars plus with him again, six six weeks in a row and a couple of loads of double, I'd be absolutely smashing or anchoring him into a multi again. Yeah, him any time into anyone else. Yeah, out of those South backs, he, he's probably the one I'd be most comfortable with. Um, he, he's averaged forty four points in base the last three rounds, uh, including the last two weeks of forty seven and forty eight in raw base. Yeah. So been been pretty involved. Uh, I'd be much more comfortable playing him than what I would uh, say Cody Walker. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how you can have a bloke that scores, you know, what nine tries in six weeks, and he's still playing paying even money to score one any time. Just stupid. Oh, it's crazy. It, I think it's just because he hasn't been as much of a try scorer as that in the past. So he has come in. Like he started off, you know, if you got him sort of a month ago, he was sort of about three dollars twenty, and then they've gradually brought him in. Yeah, but the difference is he's been playing on on wings and not getting much service. He's now he's now a lot more involved. He's what seventeen feet tall, mate. He's just he's just putting himself over the line. That's the difference. Yeah, oh, I really like him as a player. I think he'll play New South Wales um, origin in the future. Um, mate, as far as the score goes, I've already showed my hand. I I think the Roosters are going to put on a bit of a clinic. I can't believe that they're thirty to win this. Um, I think that's insane. I think that's a bit of the week as far as just head-to-head low odds goes. thirty for Roosters. Sign me up, but uh, you, I think 10-plus, I'm going to go double digits. Mate, you can dead set record this segment. At the beginning of the season, <laughs> play, replay it, re, replay it every, every week for five minutes, and I'll go get a coffee. Mate, I, I've been on the money yeah, five weeks in a row. It's been six weeks since I was wrong. Uh, well, if I had a $9 million budget, I'd probably have the same confidence. I agree with you reluctantly. Get him chooks. <laughs> Let's move on to the Dogs and Panthers. Um, so, Josh Jackson and Chris. Uh, Smith are just switching spots. That's the only change for the doggies. For the Panthers, um, quite a few, uh, quite a few changes. So, you know, Dylan Edwards is rested with Dane Laurie at fullback, and normally that would be a bit of an AE problem, but probably people that have Dane Laurie really want him to play. Um, Billy Kickow and Crichton are both rested, so that really sucks. Um, Kirk Capel was to start in the second row. Corusia, Tamau, and Tedavano all back. Um, and Matt Burton's on the interchange bench with Hetherington dropped to the reserves. So let's just try and dissect this Panthers side first, Billy. Um, yeah, it absolutely sucks that, you know, Crichton and Kikau arrested. Kikau absolutely killed it with a ton last week and was great. Crichton's been scoring tries again, uh, 68 points last week, I think he was. But in saying that, I, I think my concern is, um, with Luai and Cleary owned so heavily, that Burton's on the bench 
and he's a half, he can't really play anywhere else. Um, so would, would that yeah. be a bit of a worry? If you've got a BC um, clear year, um, where, 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 where does he come on? But does he come on for Luo? Or, or, does, or does he come on for Cleary? I, I can't remember. In the past, has he, has he come on? Has he come on for Luo, or has he, or has he been on the bench when sort of Cleary's been been uh, injured? Or but I'm just losing my words here, mate. I, I can't remember the last time he was on the bench and why. Yeah, most of his games, I think he's come on um, and started when one of them's out. So I mean, the first two rounds when Cleary was suspended, uh, he just started alongside Luo. He's only actually got. Um, th- uh, three or four games off the bench, and and all of them he got next to no minutes. Um, there's only one game that he got minutes out of those four games at all, and that was 14 minutes. That's right. I remember now because uh, yeah, that's right. I remember now. Um, earlier in the season, uh, what's his, what's his name? You think Luai was going to be the dominant one, but the other way to sit sort of get taking the ball and sort of kicking. So, yep, bit of a greed factor there. Um, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, so it's a bit hard because I, th- I, I tend to think that um, the, the Cleary made a uh, Cleary senior made a statement. Ivan was saying that you know he, he needs to get some um, some game time into some of these guys in case he has to use them during the finals. So I don't see him putting Matt Burton into the seventeen to give him game time and not play him. So he has to get minutes. So it it does worry me as someone who is very keen on a Cleary C or VC. It worries me immensely to do that now with um, with Burton on the bench. I don't think I can. Yeah, I wouldn't be chucking it on on any of them. I, I, if anything, I reckon it's detrimental to the detrimental to the teammate. they if they lost a couple of games, so you give him give him give him some. I'm just a big believer in sort of confidence and runs, mate. If if they if they lose that game, they they lose momentum. It's just a psychological barrier. I, I would I would be keep I would be keeping the same team. And if rest, if resting anyone, resting resting forwards or outside backs, they wouldn't be resting my halves, mate. Yeah, I'm the same, but you know neither of us are Ivan, and our paychecks reflect that. So yeah, it looks like he's probably going to do something with with one of the halves. Um, when we're talking about look, looking at some gold um, that nobody's going to own, I will throw out there, you know, we've, we've mentioned that the dogs' um, edges are, are pretty crappy and um, a lot of forwards have gone over for tries and attacking stats for Supercoach. Capewell's got that edge spot that Kikau's normally on. Uh, and So Capewell is a guy which you can throw into your centre wing, which I think's amazing. He is a low-key, huge pod this week that no one's going to look at. He's only thrown in 20k, so if you didn't have much bank and you need to throw someone in, he's very he's likely to be looking at 80 minutes. Um, in the first two games of the season, he actually started on that edge, playing 80 minutes and scored 89 and 62 points. Uh, so against that dog's edge, I, I really like Capel as a bit of a hand grenade pod to um, to throw into your centre wing as an 80 minute second rower. And I think he's a good chance of getting some attack. Yeah, the only thing with um, second rowers versus uh, sorry, second rowers for the Panthers is unless you're named Kickout, you don't score very well, and even he's only good once every sort of four or five weeks. So I'd be a bit concerned about that. He is in Kickout spot though, so he's on that side at least. Yeah, he's not. He's not seven foot tall, mate. He's not going to. He's, he's not going to get the short ball from Luai that consistently to barge over the line. He's going to be going out the back. If anyone benefits from this. It's probably Mansour because he's actually going to go, oh, no kick out, I'll just go out the back. I'll just decoy right. Yeah, Mansour looks like a good one this week, as is uh, Tuo. Uh, I know that 
um, you mentioned quite rightly that Tuo is a little bit disappointing in that he scores a try and still only scores sort of 65 points. But uh, as far as a solid score this week, I think that he could look at a double this week. He hasn't scored a double yet this year in his 12 games. Uh, so I think this is the week that, um, that Brian Tuo gets a double, uh, 540k against that Bulldogs side. Uh, I, I really like him for a double this week. I'm pretty happy that I own him. And I reckon he's going to be putting up a, a big score. Yeah, I'd be reckon a safer bet would be just going sort of each week you're going to double, but you're not going to get much value there. You're probably going to get dollar forty for each of them, and end up getting only sort of just around the two twenty five mark for for both your wingers to go over. So SC wise, probably a bit, but I reckon I reckon Panthers actually spread the tries across the park, so a bit risky just bagging what um, back and one person to go the double. I think I reckon dogs leak dogs leak everywhere. I tell you why I'm going to go double, mate. Brian Tua, eight dollars fifty first try on sports bet, and I love going the first try scorer on a winger and the score two tries because I reckon if you're scoring sort of the first three or four minutes of a game, you know you got a lot of game time left for that winger to get another try. So I. I reckon that's gold, and I think it brings it up to about $13 odds for that. Yeah, I was waiting for um, Ponga's double last week, but that one cost me my multi. <laughs> uh, I, even with the depleted side here, I see the Panthers putting away the Bulldogs pretty comfortably. Um, maybe a 16-point type of scoreline, but maybe the Dogs fight. I will say that the minus 8.5 is only, you know, to win 10 plus is, only, is still, you know, $1.60 odd on sports bet, which I think they'll cover pretty easily. And for Supercoach purposes, oh, it's probably one of the better games this round, I think, for, for Panthers owners. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any, are there any dog, dog, dogs in that forward pack that haven't scored yet this year? Normally this is the time of year where I'd have a sort of a crack at Tolman, but he's a, he's already gone over this year. He he. he, he he, he crowed early. Beat me to it. Mate, yeah, think about that question for a minute. Is there any dogs who are in a side that doesn't score very many points at all that, that are forwards that haven't scored? Yeah, there is. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Um, Thompson, the starting prop, definitely hasn't scored. Uh, he's come close a couple of times, and I reckon that he might be your long odds bet if I was going to bet one of them. Yeah, that's all I'm getting at. I'm just looking for a couple sort of... Uh... Lot long odds, cheese, and throw in, throw in an anytime multi somewhere. Just choose, choose two or three sort of almost almost definites and roll roll them into a uh, one of those one of those guys anytime for a decent sixty or seventy one shot. Yeah, well, your man's Thompson. Then, if you want to go for that, uh, from a supercage perspective, I'm sorry, Bulldogs fans, I wouldn't be buying any for this game at all. Um, I think the Panthers have got it wrapped up pretty comfortably, um, and a third of this dogs. Side, I think, are leaving next year anyway, so um, I, I don't see them with much to play for. Sharks versus Canberra is the next one. Talking about carnage, mate. First of all, Sean Johnson's done his Achilles, so he's he's going to be lucky to be back in sort of nine months. Um, Dugan and Katawa are also out. There are quite a few guys that had um, Katawa in as a bit of a hand grenade, and he's been doing pretty well. So that's that's bad enough for the Sharks, but then on the Raiders side, they've, they've got hardly anyone playing. You know, like Jack Wine's out, Papali's out, um, Klockstad's out. Even Jared Croker and Jordan Rapana, a sort of you know last string centre wing um, guys, are out for depth. John Bateman's out as well, um, and Elliot Whitehead and Tapani are out as well. So basically, a second grade Raiders side in this, but. The Sharks weren't doing too well before anyway, so it's it's not a game I'm looking forward to. 
But it is one where you kind of have to look for value a little bit. Um, and even for super coach purposes, there might be some there. Talakai has once again come into calculations because he's gone off off the bench and then starting again and kept getting the job back. He's um he's basically the sole reason I lost one of my head to head money leagues last week to stop me from getting into a grand final. He scored ninety two points with his try against the Sydney Roosters, and the week before he scored one hundred and four versus the Warriors. So since he was on the bench in round seventeen, the last two weeks when he's been back starting. He's averaged a nice 96 points. So, as far as against a second grade Canberra side, uh, 560k, the little power nugget Talakai, uh, he might be a decent one for the Sharkies. Yeah, that was beautiful to watch. Um, not sure I would be worrying that with um, uh, SJ out. Uh, he, he's still going to go beast mode, but if anyone's going to give him that sort of short ball or long, or long ball through a gap, he'd, he'd have to be back in the. Um, uh, John, but not not with an Achilles issue, mate. Um, I, I think that I think just to cut right, in there, mate. Though I think that um, Wade Graham's playing uh, playing on that side, though. So I think Wade Graham will give him some decent passes as well. Excuse me for my ignorance. Is he actually playing seven three quarter again? Sorry, no. sorry, centre. I thought he was playing back row. No, no, he is. But Wade Graham's playing um, at uh, Johnson's um, six jersey. Oh, sorry, sorry, I completely missed that. Um, yeah, still, I, I don't think the service will be as great. I reckon he's going to need to create some more himself, but certainly is a beast. Like, kind of reminds me of Gordon Tallis when he runs, just angry, mate, non-stop. Yeah, and like, it's, it's a bit weird. Like, it's hard to get a gauge on his numbers because his base is 40s a lot in his raw base, but two weeks ago against the Warriors when he scored that 104, he put up 70 in raw base. So, I mean... Yeah, he's got some huge upside. Um, I I don't mind him as a centre wing. If you want to throw him in your centre wing for this week, he'll probably carve up that side for, yeah. for Canberra. I just hope he's played enough games at centre to uh, be available as a jewel again next year. Yeah, I don't think that he has, unfortunately. Um, probably the only other hand grenade guy would be Nakora. We've spoken about him a little bit before, but even he's probably a bridge too far. Nah. For the um... he's, he's gone off, he's gone off the deep end, mate. No, not not, not without SJ there, and he, even without him, even with him, he just hasn't shown uh, as much as he did in his first sort of uh, few games. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but let's go for full hand grenade here, okay? We like to talk about the big pods on this podcast. Yep. We don't just focus on the on the big names that all the other podcasts focus on. We like to dig in the dirt a little bit. Uh, Corey Howard and Naira, our love child from years past. He is now starting for the Raiders, and he's looking like he'll definitely play 80 minutes on the edge for sure. Um, he's obviously not played 80 minutes yet this year, but 350k you can get him for. So if you didn't have much of a budget and you needed a Ford, um, or you had two trades and you wanted to go, you know, a Bateman downgrade, make 300 grand to a Harrier Naira, and use that somewhere else in your team. I don't mind it as a trade at all. Um, I don't think that the Sharks' defence is that great. I think that they're a little bit weak in themselves. And CHM has showed us before that when he plays 80 minutes on an edge, um, especially in the last game of the season where he's just going to be told to go nuts, he might have five offloads, a line break try this week. Mate, I'm going to go as far as saying I'm actually going to go and have a look and see what he's playing for a double. Because he, he, can, he can score when he gets close to that, that line. I know that probably sounds like a uh, Boca Roach type comment. He can score when he gets close to the line. <laughs> when he's um, over the line, he gets a try. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no shit, Sherlock. Um, so I had to go. He can score a double if he gets close to the line for us. Um, mate, he 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 knows how to find the line. Uh, he hasn't scored. I'm pretty sure I was checking last week. He hasn't scored uh, yet this season. He's been since he's since he's moved down there. He's been playing like some smallish minutes off the bench. Um, yeah, mate. If he's got a starting gig, he's going to be absolutely bust, busted and nuts to prove his worth. So he can he can at least sort of um, uh, be in, be in stick his mind for um, uh, getting some more minutes or, get, or solidifying a bench spot for these uh, these finals coming up, mate. I reckon he's just going to go ballistic and try and prove his worth. I, I, I really like him for at least a try. Yeah, I really like him too. Bucks anytime. Yeah, oh, I think you'll get good odds for him. Um, but I think when you look at his stats last year at the Dogs, he had three three games that he scored tries in. Uh, now what, uh, he scored a double. The Dogs. Yeah, double. He got eighty six points um, and another single try for ninety three points. Another one he got a double and he scored one hundred forty one points. And that was a huge a huge game where he's put on 141 points, which included two tries, three line breaks, uh, about five or six offloads from memory as well, and a heap of tackle breaks. That's the type of game I think that you might get get out of him. And I will say, Billy, one of my things with this round is looking at glass half full, um, even though it's a real shoddy round as far as all the guys getting rested and stuff, that can make it really um, really unexpected as far as some big super coach scores popping up and some unexpected guys that are getting them. He might be one of those unexpected guys that throws up 125 this week. Yeah, I know. I think I actually know that game you're talking about. I'm pretty sure that week that he went and scored the double was the same week that Martin got injured uh, and then came back on, had a line rate try assist, and Ockham, Ockhambor, where his name, had a double as well. Pretty sure that was my first ever attempt at Moneyball, and I won about six comps for those three blokes. <laughs> Well, I, I agree with you. I love him for this um, for this week. And 350K, I, I don't think he can do too wrong. But in saying that, he's probably the shining light in this Raiders side. I don't really see much else that I'd want to go near in it. Um, there isn't really anything else happening. But I will talk about one guy before we move on, and that's Hudson Young. So Hudson Young's actually been playing some good footy for a couple of weeks. Um, but he's been going in and out of, you know, starting to, you know, um, the 16 jersey. His minutes have been up and down. Last week he played 72 minutes and scored 78 points. The week before he played 60 minutes and scored 127 points. Uh, so he's got four out of the last five he's actually scored a try in. You know, he's five round average of 72, three round average of 79. Some of those games have still been off the bench despite late changes. 500 grand against the Sharkies. He's in real life gone under the radar on how, how good his football's been. Um, and in super coach life, he's gone very under the radar. He's, he's been playing very, very well, Hudson Young, and he's another one. If you could get, you know, Harry O'Neill and Hudson Young in this week cheaply, uh, they could be two guys that reward you with, um, super gun type of points as, as mass pods. I don't think he's gone under the radar. I just think that. Uh, in in that team, getting, getting uh, minutes off the bench, he just hasn't been uh, warranting any, any any sort of interest. Purely because of that reason alone, you, you can't bake on the bloke like that getting attacking stats in such small minutes. But um, if you look at his form in the last season before he did, uh, had eye gouge and sort of you know ruined himself for a little bit, the bloke's got some form. Very very good edge runner, mate. Um, I didn't see, haven't seen as much of him at lock until. He's, he's lasted a couple of cameos, but um, 
prefer him on the edge, but if he's going to get big minutes in the middle, um, certainly some clutch is going to be there. Yeah, he, he could switch as well um, and end up on the edge. We don't really know with the Raiders pack. But yeah, I, I think he's worth consideration. Um, I am going to go out on a limb here, Billy, and say there isn't any VC or C options in this whatsoever, but I'm also going to say I've got no idea what way it's going to go. On paper, the Sharks should win, but I've said to a, a fellow Sharks supporter, mate of mine, that wanted to bet on the Sharks, the Sharks with a full-strength team lose to teams worse than this Raiders side, you know, and disappoint you all the time. So I really don't know what's going to happen this game. Mate, if I was going to actually pick one VC in this game, I would dead so go CHN. I was huge on him, and I didn't think that you could possibly be any bigger on him than me. And now that we've had the chat, you are you are even bigger on CHN than me. So that's surprising. Let's let's go on to the next game. There's far less second graders in this next game. It's the Tigers versus Eels, mate. And for the Eels, there's no changes. Um, Paulo and Lane got benched last week, which absolutely sucked as an owner. But both of them are starting again, so that's good news uh, for the West Tigers. You sure? Well, maybe there's going to be a late change, but. <laughs> Don't do it to me. Just let's just pretend that they're, they're both starting. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Joey Leilu has actually dropped. So seven hundred fifty grand buy this year to play centre. Dropped for the last game of the round. Tommy Talao's in. Um, now, aside from that, there is some chatter about um, David Nofaluma because it looks like he might be a late withdrawal based on the the Supercoach late mail news. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Benji's last game, um, I expect the West Tigers to follow up, to fire up a little bit for him, but uh, your boys got the win last week, so maybe they're on the up and up again, mate. What's the late bar with Nofo before you go any further? Uh, there's just a bit of a rumbling that um, he might be a late withdrawal. I think that last week he um, he actually hurt his ankle, I think it was, right at the end of the game. Oh, uh, right. Okay, well, let's hope not. Uh, more A's. <laughs> um, <laughs> Harry Grant, though, let's let's talk about him, actually. Uh, obviously, Cam Smith is, is going to be out. Harry Grant's uh, an obvious one, and I got a couple of questions asked about, you know, what to do with Cam Smith. The last three rounds, Harry Grant's averaged 73 points, um, and you mentioned before that Eels can be a bit susceptible in the middle, a bit slow and stuff. Um, I I think Harry Grant's a good trade as far as swapping Cam um, out for him. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I much prefer... Um... Uh, McInnes versus a, uh, a Storm with a few less players, though, <laughs> is the way I would be going. <laughs> um, one, one, uh, one, one of the bugs in our, in our chat group was mentioning um, he, um, he jumped on early. He thought, oh, Munster and Smithy might be rested. They're paying nine bucks head to head, so I'll, so I'll jump on. So he did set jumped on with 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever it is. Ten minutes later, in the $5. <laughs> TLT now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Oh, look, Harry Grant's probably the only guy I've seen this Tiger side that I think is very interesting for this week because he, he's been a fantastic player all year and obviously a lot of people have Cameron Smith out um, and need a hooker. So he looks like an obvious one for me. Is there any other Tigers in this in this side that you're sort of looking at as a buy for this week to help people out? Uh, nah. I can't really... Look, even though it's the Eels, mate, and they, they, they generally are sort of high, high school affairs when you sort of play them. Um, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. 
they're very, very good defensively. Uh, but whenever they play the Tigers, for some reason, it's always a high-scoring affair. And this is, this is, I reckon, this is no exception. It'll be another sort of thirty to twenty type, twenty type game. Who wins? Got no idea. But I'll tell you what, it's it's going it's going to throw some carve ups and some tries you won't expect. This will this will this will dead set be you know, you know Michael Jennings scores two on the other side of scores one, and then everyone's hanging on Siva at the last minute, and all the usual suspects go over right at the end of the game. But it just you get some anomalies thrown up. That, that's what's going to happen. Um, Harry Grant's obviously the, the bigger one. I think um, if Luciano is actually going to do something for a change, this is probably the game for him. But certainly wouldn't be buying anyone, mate, that's for sure. Unless you don't own Maddo. Yeah, on the eel side, I think Maddo looks like the prime candidate here. He's obviously playing the club that he walked out on last year. Uh, and playing against an edge, it can definitely let in some tries. I'm going to go out on him, mate. I'm going to say that he's going to score a try this week and he's going to turn up. Um, against the Tigers, bit of a revenge game. He he scored a bit average, sort of um, around the 68-point average, and three out of his last four being in the 60s. I think he's looking at a ton this week versus the Tigers. He, he hasn't even looked like he's been involved at all the last three weeks, but he still sort of racks up mid-60s. Um, versus Tigers, his old team, maybe... Maybe maybe Joey's been able to actually do something with Moses the last few days. Hopefully he can he, he learn to put a guy through a gap. Um, yeah. I don't know, mate. Matt, Matt, Matt is certainly not the worst. If, he, if, he's, if he's chucking 60s in a rubbish game, then imagine what he can do when he's on. Yeah. It's not really a pod move, is it? Oh, I don't think that anyone's going to throw the C on him much this round. I think there's a lot of other more fancied options. I think that he is the guy that you could throw the safety C on um, if you're winning your matchup comfortably and you don't want to, you know, risk, you know, a, a real poor score or, or putting it on a back or you just want to seal the deal. Putting it on Maddow's the, the safe bet um, once you see sort of how half the week sort of gone. Yeah, just don't freak out when he's on sort of 20 at half time because on updates it'll be 35. <laughs> well, he scored three tries this year, um, and all of them came in the first half of the season. He hasn't scored since round nine. So he's definitely due. Um, the other guy that was due for a good game was Mitch Moses. Did not disappoint me last week. Came through when I had to, put, to get the dust off and play him. Uh, 82 points versus the Broncos. Uh, I thought he looked a bit better. Dylan Brown's still out, so hopefully he's going to still you know, take a bit of charge this, this week again against the Tigers. Tigers and Mitchell Moses' old side as well. Um, he left fairly unceremoniously too, like Madison. Uh, I reckon that he's going to be gunning for a, a backup performance from last week. Um, I like the, the fact that the Tigers let in a lot of points. So Moses, I'm definitely playing. I, I, I couldn't say buy him, but I think that he's going to put up some good points this week. 82 sounds about right again. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm just looking looking at the team list across the board, thinking this is going to be one of those really obscure sort of multi things where you get like Joel Garner, Moses and Bayer and Michael Jennings all score for you know sort of 125 to one or something. You just got you just got to get a whole bunch of the speckies in here. Yeah, and look, Sebo's going to go across the line. That's a given. Three out of his last five, he scored. The problem for Super Coach purposes is that it's only been 69, 43, and 49 points when he's gone over. So. Hasn't made enough for Supercoach, but for, for sports bet, he's probably a special to score again. Um, I, I, I see this one as being a lot of points, Billy. So I, I think that you're going to get, you know, sort of a, a 36 to 28 type of shootout that might actually happen. Yeah, you might even get lucky with Fergo's first try score. 
that's 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 how much of an anomaly this game's going to be. <laughs> well, it is Benji Marshall's last game uh, for the Tigers, so we wish him well. I mean, that's that's one that you could go up there if you wanted to just if your Supercoach season was over, mate. You just wanted to give a bit of a tribute if you're a Tigers fan. Just get Benji Marshall in for 468 k's. He's actually averaged 60 over his last three, so maybe he goes ballistic for his last game in the Tigers jersey. Mate, honestly, I reckon you could do worse than have a multi on sort of Madison, Benji, and someone like Moses and Mike. You'd probably get five bucks for every single one of those, and you'd get 125 to one. At, at the very least, you pr- I'd, I'd probably sort of, you could probably go Benji Mato and have 25 to one and throw, throw that into a few different multiples with, with uh, a few different sort of forwards or centers or, or sort of second rowers for really jack a price up, have five or six of them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games. I agree with you. Um, next one's Warriors versus Manly. So RTS is out with a hamstring injury, so Hiku goes back to fullback. Um, other than that, Elisa Katoa returns from injury. So if anyone's actually held him, um, that's going to work out well to give you numbers. Likewise, Jermaine Tanoa-Brown, who I haven't been able to get rid of and I've desperately been trying to for months, uh, returns. So that gives me my 17th man, which is great. Um, for the Seagulls, obviously, Teroyevic is out, which is a huge blow. Um, the Gauze is gone as well, but not real super coach relevant. Uh, there's not much to talk about in this one, except we've spoken about Daily Cherry Evans several times uh, the last three weeks in a row. He's still a fantastic option this week. Not going to talk about it again. Uh, we both agree on his numbers and that he's going to be great, and he's probably a, a late C option as a hand grenade, especially against the Warriors. Uh, but when we're looking at gold, mate, when we're looking at last round gold with uh, TLT Carnage, uh, Peter Hiku, he's uh, kind of quietly been doing all right. He's actually got two tons this year for the Warriors. Scored 77 points last week with his two tries. Manly you know, isn't looking great. They got flogged by the Gold Coast Titans last week, had 40s put on them. Um, with Peter Hiku playing fullback this week, if you really wanted a pod move, he's available at centre wing as well as fullback. Throwing him in your centre wing, that, that's an absolute hand grenade that could pay off against Manly, I reckon. He's only averaging 54 for the season, but he's one of those guys that can come in and just have one big performance to help you out in a grand final week. Yeah, the interesting interesting thing here is um, Manly and the Warriors are the worst teams in the league for leaking, leaking super coach points versus centres. Uh, not wingers, centers, mainly at the worst for level Warriors, and mainly are referred in points versus fullback. So, given that uh, Hiku is a center moving into fullback position, mate, you can probably have a stab at him going over the line again and probably throw some decent money on um, probably Harper and maybe even sort of uh, Suna doing a job this week. Yeah, Harper was a bit disappointing last week. Um, he didn't get any attacking stats at all. Oh, I really like Hiku as a hand grenade. If if you're out there hunting for a pod to try and change your, your fortunes for the week and you need to hunt a ton um, and you need someone in your centre wing that can give you 100 points that, that isn't going to be owned by your opposition in your head-to-heads, really like Peter Hiku this week just to throw in there just for the one game. Um, aside from that, though, there really isn't much else that I'm liking in this side for, for super coach buys. Nah, just stick, stick to... Stick to... Uh, stick to DTE and your um, the, any sort of really sort of big sort of centers that look, look like they're going to sort of get over a line. 
I did lie too. There is one guy that I really like for this game. It's a guy I said I wanted to buy three weeks ago but couldn't. Um, he's gone on and scored 64, 56 and 96 points on the weekend in a losing side. Curtis Sirenen, I do like him for this as well. Um, he scored... Um, really? Yeah, really do, mate. And coming off 96, he was phenomenal last week. He had five offloads, um, had the uh, line break try, I'm pretty sure that he got as well. Um, 96, 56 and 64 the last three weeks. Warriors edge, I think that he throws another five offloads this week as well. So as far as second rowers go, they can get some attack. I reckon he's decent shot at getting a try again, um, and definitely a decent shot at throwing four or five offloads out there. Apple does not fall, fall far from the tree. <laughs> I reckon Manly's going to take this one, but you know, who knows? Let's just get on to this last game um, with the Storm's Feeder right. Club. Storm's Feeder Club playing the Dragons. Um, it's probably the best way to put it, but even the Dragons have got um, Jaden Sullivan debuting in the halves, um, as well as Eddie Blacker on the bench. Eddie Blacker's been talked up for a couple of years now, so looking forward to actually seeing him play. Um, Corey Norman's been dropped, and Ben Hunt is suspended. So even though this is a Storm B's team, <laughs> i tell you what, mate, there's a, there's a couple of big-name Dragons that aren't playing as well. Um, I guess the thing for the Storm is obviously the two cams are out, um, but they've also got, you know, um, Ado Carr out, who people would own and thought never would have been rested, um, but he is. Um, it's, I'm just going to go out and say, this, this looks like an absolute bludger of a game to finish the round on in the Supercoach season. Mate, the whole, the whole Storm's starting 13 has been rested, apart from Pappy, and that's only because he's come back from injury. I mean, dead set, the way, the way they're going at the moment with, with team this, Bellamy's going to be rested this weekend as well. <laughs> well, Welsh, Welsh is a starter, so I mean, that's, that's something else, but yeah. Look, it's, uh, from the Melbourne side of things, Pappenhausen still looks pretty special to me as a player this week. Uh, I mean, Obviously, I would put him probably fourth on the fullback, so I think Valentine Holmes might be a better pod fullback, and uh, I do think that um, that Teddy and Ponga are going to be must-haves ahead of him, but obviously Pappy could go well against the Dragons, but that's probably about it. I, would, I just I just would be backing it with an entirely new team in front of him, that's all. Yeah, I think that's, a, that, that's, my, that's the thing that I'm worried about with him as well. Um, I just... I don't think he's the sort of guy to sort of carry a side when everyone's out. Um, I think that he feeds off the back of everyone else. Um, likewise with the Dragons, like this, this side just looks like absolute mud. Like if you had nineteen or twenty players, I would, I would dead set bench low max. I, I know you probably disagree and think that the Storm playing the B side, but look at this Dragon side they're floating out there. Yeah, it's frustrating. I sold by Max last week because I knew. I- I knew he was playing Storm this week. Didn't know it was going to be Storm B. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'd be I'd be playing this week. That's for sure. I would I wouldn't be benching Lomax. Yeah, I just think that they've got you know both Norman and Hunt are both out as well for the Dragons. Um, even though that the Storm have got an underwhelming team. Um, it's still a team that's got a fair bit of experience. Like, I mean, this, the centres that the Storm have got aren't terrible. Momorowski's a really good player, played plenty of first grade. Letelli's an okay player, but he does have a lot of experience. Like, it's not like that there's wingers in these centre spots either. Yeah. <coughs> the only thing I'm going to add here is that um, when, when Lomax has done his thing, it's not like 
any of those halves and giving him any decent service, mate. The, the guys, the guys made it all himself. So I don't think it really matters who you're, who you're replacing with. I think all you've got to take into account here is the fact that the storm was severely depleted and the ball will be up the the uh, other end a lot more than otherwise would have been. I think that's the only contributing factor, or the main one, mate. Yeah, uh, look, it's just, it's a very hard game to get a read out, I think is what it comes down to. Um, look, I'll, I will give a shout-out to one pod for the Storm side. Uh, Kamikamika, to his 335k. He's, uh, he started the first two rounds of the season and went 52 and 74 points. Um, against the Dragons side that they've named, he could hit that, that base attack. Um, he scored a try in round two that was pretty handy for his 74 points. So... If you needed someone cheap um, and you didn't have a, a second front row forward, you know, 335k for Tui could be a bit of a hand grenade one. Other than that, mate, if you ask me what what's going to happen this game, I, I think the answer is a pineapple. I've got no idea. Yeah, he's a big boy, probably some sort of downgrade option, but I think there's just way too many other other sort of cheapies going around. You could probably you could probably take just take a stab at an edgy somewhere like. Like Hudson Young is probably uh, your better one. CHM's a better one. Just a lot better options out there. I wouldn't worry about him, even as a cheapie. Yeah, you'd almost not worry about this game. Um, I mean, the interesting thing, too, is that Paul Momorowski will probably be goal-kicking um, because Cameron Smith's out. Um, and he, he's goal-kicked before and scored quite good points. Um, when he last played centre in rounds mm. 7 and 8, he went 110 and 53 points, so... Didn't Pappy kick a couple of, about three weeks ago? Uh, Smith was out. Uh, he, yeah, uh, he might have when Munster was out as well. But Momorowski's, a, I think, a better kicker than all of them, bar Smith. So, okay. I think that you'll probably get it. Uh, mate, let's just wrap it up because this game is just a horrendous one to finish a year on. But let's get rid of it. Thanks for jumping on all, all year, um, along with the rotating guests that we've had on. Been an up and down season, but it's been fun talking footy again for 2020. Yeah, always fun, mate. Good, good to see uh, a podcaster in, in the hunt for the title. But shout out to uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim, Tim Williams. Uh, yeah. What's the yeah, yeah Supercoach Playbook? Yeah, it's um, it's good. Des was talking about it um about a month back when he jumped on the podcast here in the All Stars podcast. He um mentioned that I think Tim was at about nine at that point, and now he's into. He's into number two, and I think that he's very close to to the number one spot, so he could actually take it out. Yeah, I heard number one's at, uh, um, got a very, very thin skeleton team with his heel who have 18 this week, so um be, be good to see him just put a strategy of chucking someone on the bench and just nuffing out someone to take the AE score and trick everyone. <laughs> well, it's going to be really interesting, um, and it's probably going to be more interesting than looking at our overall scores at the end of the year. Uh, mate, until the pre-season starts, uh, we'll get you on again then and we'll chat about next season, which will hopefully be bigger and better for both of us. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good luck to yourself. Too. Good luck to Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate the support all year. Uh, that'll be the last regular season one, obviously, but we are a podcast that generally jumps the gun early and gets the pre-season ones out earlier than most everyone else. So definitely January, start to look towards us. Um, what you can do in the meantime is you can... Just subscribe on iTunes. It's the easiest way to do it because when you subscribe on iTunes, you'll get a notification when we drop a new podcast straight away and it'll be there for you waiting to go. Uh, best way to find out when we're, when we're going to be launching the, the new podcast to start again for the next season. 
Uh, other than that, you can follow us on Twitter to NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars, where we'll, I'll still be updating and, uh, and chatting to everyone about footy throughout the finals and everything else. Good luck in everyone's head-to-heads. Good luck for those that are going for overall spots like Tim Williams trying to get the number one spot. I hope everyone goes well. At the end of the day, it's all fun. We'll get to the, the semi-finals and not have to worry about Supercoach at least. Really appreciate the support, guys. Until next season.